What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? You know what time it is. We got a game preview on our hands. It's Jacksonville Jaguars week. The team's heading down to Jacksonville. They'll play at noon. It's going to be a good one. So let's get it today. Welcome to the Keem Connect podcast. Can't say cheese podcast. New with your host, producer Eric Bartis. Again, welcome to Keenum Connect. This is episode 101 of the podcast. Hope you guys are all doing great. Hope Chiefs Kingdom is feeling great today. It is a new week. I know last week did not go our way. We've already talked about all that, but we have a game this Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. You don't want to play Patrick Mahomes coming off a loss. You don't want to play Andy Reid coming off a loss. A loss like that. If you guys watched uh, the podium yesterday um, when Patrick was up there, you know, they were asking him the questions. You just saw just the face that he had. And he was just like, it wasn't the face of, I can't believe I lost week one. It was the face of, I want the Jags in my face right now because I'm about to jack them up. And that's just who he is. He has proven over the years that he has that killer instinct. And honestly, I'm excited for what's going to happen on Sunday at noon against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, let's talk about a little bit of what's been going on with the team. Obviously, Chris Jones signed uh, that one-year deal. We talked about that on the bonus episode, episode 100 of the podcast, and I expect our bonus episode uh, to be it, but you know what? It is what it is. Sorry, what my notes real quick. Nope, that's not what I wanted. Okay. Okay, so I know we talked about this Last time, um, this uh, has nothing to do with Chris Jones' deal, but I had mentioned about Kelsey's knee getting drained. It was like 40 cc's of fluid. That's a lot of fluid getting drained out of a knee. And Kels talked about it too, and he was like, I don't even know how you know, Jay Glazer even got, how he even got that information because usually, you know, that's, that stuff kind of, Stays within, but yeah, 40 cc's of fluid was drained out of Kelsey's knee. Now, granted, he's a big guy, so I can imagine, you know, his knee swelling up is pretty significant compared to like a, a like a, a, I would say an average size person. But yeah, no, that was uh, pretty crazy when I heard that. Okay, so on to Chris Jones's deal. Now, the uh, incentive um information or I should say contract details came out the other day it was specifically I want to say it was yesterday let me pull that up I think I believe Mac Derrick had posted it okay. <laughs> 
Okay, so we obviously read the statement that um, Brett Veach had on Chris Jones about how they're appreciating him and stuff. Um, now, the incentives that was put on his contract for him to earn all that uh, for that money, they were put as unlikely to be earned because it was like defensive player of the year, win Super Bowl, things like that. Um, see, I'm trying to find. Okay. Maybe I shared it on my Twitter real quick. I swear. Actually, you know what? Okay. Okay. So um, here's the details for uh, Chris Jones's contract. Okay. So essentially, he can it with the um the fines that he had occurred, like it was a little over 3 million uh, in fines that he had, uh, that was already taken into account. So he basically is making that back up with through the incentives. So it's like up to like 20, a little over 25 mil that he can earn up to and within the contract. So uh, this is what the details say base salary is the same minus the lost game check so his normal base salary 19 and a half you minus the three a little over three so you're like i think like 15 point something or like low 16s um and so you have one million for the 35 percent playing time add another million for 50 percent playing time and then 1.25 million for 10 sacks another 500,000 for 15 sacks and one million for first team all pro and Super Bowl appearances and two million for defensive player of the year and Super Bowl win. Now I think the the if I want to say the um I I don't know which ones were put at unlikely to be earned. I don't know if it was the 10 sacks starting at the 10 sacks or starting at the 15 sacks point, but obviously the the defensive player of the year and the Super Bowls were the most obvious unlikely to be earned incentives that were added. So um, it's up to like 20, a little over 25 million and that's with the fines included. So he's basically just trying to make up that money on top of, um, so he's getting his normal base salary minus the fines and then add incentives. So, you know, it was bad business. Obviously I think, you know, he said that in you know, press conference when they asked him, you know, do you think, you would have made another decision. He probably would have changed some things, but he he definitely wouldn't have changed the holdout. And the only reason why he said that is because in his defense, he said that he feels like holding in would have been more of a distraction. Now, form your opinion however you want with that. You know, I can see where he believes that it's a uh, would be a distraction, and I can also see where someone would think like, "Oh, that's ridiculous." So. The reason why I see why he thinks it would be a distraction is because 
his team's out there busting and busting their ass on the field and he's out there just standing on the sideline, you know, and it can form a, a almost, I don't want to say a more pent up that I feel like that would actually make a teammate hate you because they're just seeing you stand on the side. They're actually physically seeing you in the fact that even though like they know it, you're, you're what business decision you're making they're actually physically seeing you while you're out there busting your ass. Now, him not being there gives them more of a general understanding like, okay, he's just out there taking care of his business. And they're out there handling their own business. So it, it gives you a better understanding of that. That's what I take away from it. Now, again, form your opinion however you want with that. Um, you know, he obviously said some things like, you know, hey, I keep my receipts too. Look, players are human beings. We as fans have to understand that we are not just we're not untouchable either. We're not just because just because, you know, they're pro athletes and they have to have a standard set for themselves does not mean that, you know, if we criticize them unfairly or we say that we say shit that's like ludicrous because people say ludicrous shit all the fucking time. Let's be honest. At the end of the day, they have every right as a player to defend themselves if they feel the right to. And because they're human beings, I mean, shit, if someone's coming at me, I'm going to defend myself if I feel like I'm getting come, came at wrong. So that's just what it is. So I, it's, it's one of those things where there are some fans out there that feel, I don't know if it's an entitlement. I don't know if it's a, uh, you know, like a, a shut up and dribble mentality, which if that's your mentality, you know, you can just tell me how you really feel, you know, but it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I don't get that. Now that doesn't mean for, that doesn't give a player the right just to turn around to start acting like an ass to a fan for, for whatever reason, you know, especially if a fan's like generally, you know, asking a question or whatever, you know, curious or just, you know, not, I mean, like if they're being annoying, that's one thing, but you know, if a fan just randomly comes up and asks a question and if a, if a player is a dick, then, you know, that's, that's one thing, but it, I don't understand where there's this mindset where one party can't say whatever to the other. It makes no sense, but that's like irrelevant to the whole situation i mean he just mentioned that he kept receipts and at the end of the day i'm kind of glad that he did because i want any i want all the motivation to be instilled in chris jones so he can have another monster year you know why because i want to win another super bowl and when chris jones plays at a high level like that our chances of winning a super bowl increase even more so i don't know why all these fans want this have this weird mentality that they think that Chris is going to fail or they want Chris to fail because you know that him failing and him messing up does not help us at all winning. So I don't understand that mentality when fans go out there and say like, yeah, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's crazy that that shit's weird to me. I want to win another championship and having Chris Jones in the building helps us win another championship. Now, the thing that developed today was that they took out void years 
on the uh the contract because they needed to get they needed to get i want to say they didn't have enough either they didn't have enough cap or they either need to get under the cap or over the cap. i couldn't remember what they were they had to get to but based i think they had to get it to where they needed to give themselves a little bit of leeway or they basically just didn't have the the cap space just to that's what it is they didn't have the cap room essentially to hit his incentives if he were to hit them. So essentially they're spreading the money out just in case, because again, they're assuming they're unlikely to be earned, but just in case it's kind of saving their ass by doing that. And Veach has never done that in his tenure as a GM. It's happened as a, it's happened in um, our time. Like I think when one of the times with Tom Bali had a contract, I think they put some void years at the end. But um, no, this was something that Veach has never done. And again, that probably tells a lot of people that they think they're moving on from Chris. You know, at the end of the day, they still have the franchise tag in their back pocket. And his franchise tag right now is that if he hits his incentives, I think it'll be like $32.4 million and stuff. It would have been like at $34 million if he would have played if he would have been under a contract and, you know, played week one, maybe even just played week one under his current salary. But, you know, the one thing is that people, you know, keep thinking is that Chris Jones played on, um, he played on a, which he, uh, which he essentially did. He did play on a contract year. If you're counting the last year as, um, usually the last year of the deal. Yeah. You consider that as a contract year. But let's be honest, the year that Chris Jones had his first monster year was in 2018. That was his third year into that contract. And remember, he was wanting a contract after his third year. And he he actually, I think he missed, he didn't miss camp. He missed, he either missed camp or... um I think he missed a couple days of camp because rookies don't get fined. Rookies, they don't have to find the rookies. So um, if you're on your rookie deal. So he ended up, um, I think he missed like a few days of camp or whatnot. And then he came, he came back. And because Spags was like, yo, I'm the new DC here. I need you to learn my defense. You're the best player. You're supposed to be the star on this defense. So Chris Jones had his monster year in 2018. He still had one more year left on his rookie deal, and that was 2019. He really didn't have a, a monster year in Spags's first year. I mean, it was a I want to say like it was like a it was like an eight sack season. You know, I want to say eight nine sack season. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't like it wasn't a monster year like we saw in in 18 and in 2022. And again, I'm not saying that it all matters about sacks. There's a lot of other things too that he does, but if we're just looking from a sack perspective, those were his high sack numbers and uh, sacks do get to pay the bills. They do. I mean, they, they help you earn the money, the big bucks too. So he got his contract after his contract, his first rookie deal expired. So it was coming off of a, eh, I mean, we were coming off a Super Bowl win and he, you know, he was part of that and was key in the playoffs as far as like when it comes to PBU, 
past breakups and the Super Bowl. And so it 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 was just a different circumstance then than and then now. I almost like again, I think that this one year contract is basically giving him, you know, obviously just to get him back in the building and the fact that, you know, they were so like, hey, we didn't get a deal done. And they're probably hoping that he just brings new representation next time or hires new representation. Because I don't really feel like they're just going to let Chris Jones just go. They're going to try to figure something out. You know, I know people think the void years means he's going to be gone. Yes, in most cases, when you put void years on a contract, is because essentially they're not going to make that money. They're not going to see it. It's funny money. You know, that's why Tyree Kills last year was deals like a little over 30 million. He's not going to see that, you know, unless they, you know, they give him a brand new contract and decide to space it out. But that's, you know, that's never, you know, the case. So uh, at least it's never been the case with uh, us in any type of circumstance. Um, anyways, we've been talking a little bit more about Chris Jones already. Uh, too much into this segment already but um yeah we're gonna get him on sunday it's really i don't know what his snap percentage is gonna be but you know at the end of the day i just hope that they use him in the specific situations that they need to use him in um because you know he's he's a vile he's a viable part of this defense and if you disagree with that then you're wrong so um anyways what was I going to say? Um, we should expect him and Kelsey this uh, um, this uh, Sunday. Now, I did uh, write something down and stuff. I, I really feel like when they when they signed this one year deal, I had this like epiphany of a conversation that, or this idea that they're con- him and Veach's conversation went like this. Chris told his representatives, fuck you, I'm out. Then had a conversation with Veach. Look, help me out with these little fines I got and I'll show up. To which v- then Veach said, done. We'll give you some some incentives to cover your fines, but we need, we need to be able to tag you and to possibly work on a new deal next offseason. Then Chris said, done, let's run it back. So... That's the conversation I envisioned. Again, that's I'm not saying that's what happened. It's just when they when when they found out when I found out that they can still use the tag, that's kind of what I felt like the deal was. Like, hey, you know, we'll we'll give you incentives to cover those fines so you can make those fines back up. But you need to be able we still need to be able to flexibility to tag you. Now they put the void years in here, so we're gonna see what happens. I think it was like three void years too. Like what, 24, 25, 26? Um, or maybe 25, 26, 27. I can't remember one of those two. Um, all right. So let's look. All right. So they also had to pull money from Joe Tooney's contract. They had to restructure his. I think they pulled like eight million off of his deal. Which I knew they were going to restructure someone's at someone's contract at some point. So yeah, that six point seven five million incentives 
or option bonuses in those void years. So where's the Okay, so yeah, they took eight point seven million out of Joe Tooney's contract. Or they took they took money, they restructured his contract just to create eight point seven million in space. So basically they just gave him some money up front so they can do what they need to do. All right. So what else? This isn't really news, but I don't even know why I need to bring it up. But, you know, they said um, Kelsey's been hanging out with Taylor Swift. I don't know if that's true or not. Who cares at the end of the day? You know, and it's nothing against Taylor Swift. I mean, like, I don't like listen to her music like that. I mean, it's nothing against it. I just don't. I just don't listen to her music. And um. If that, you know, they're seeing each other, hanging out, cool, friends, whatever it is, you know, I'm happy for Kelsey. That's all that matters. Um, Tony had his uh, presser uh, the other day and, um, you know, basically, you know, said like, hey, I got to be better out there. You know, I'm, I'm better than that. I'm a leader, you know, leader. They're counting on me. And then, you know, Andy, Andy basically, you know, reiterated what he said. Look, I got to put my guys in a better position, essentially. Um, and then I, like I mentioned earlier about Pat and his face and stuff like that, he's going to go scorch, scorch earth on the Jags. I mean, you saw it all over. Now I haven't heard the uh, coaches press conferences because I know that they do the pressers for the coordinators every, uh, Thursday and some of the players too. So. I think Sky Moore was up at the podium as well today. All right. So, yeah, no, I, I really think um, having, you know, our, our guys back, especially, you know, Kelsey and Chris, you know, I'm sure Jags were hoping, like, you know, Chris was still going to be holding out and, you know, maybe Kelsey will be limited. And, again, maybe those guys will be limited. I honestly think Chris will be on a snap count, a specific snap count. Um, you can't make him play 100%. There's no way you can make him play 100% snaps out there. I mean, even with Kelsey, I mean, shit, it's like one of those things. I don't want him coming down on his leg wrong. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, I think he'll be fine. You know, Kelsey's pretty smart about how he goes about his business. And, you know, even if he's not getting targeted a lot because he's not moving around as comfortably as you would think he is or he would think he is, him just being on the field is just going to draw attention, so much attention. And it's it should free up so much for people that, you know, I, th that's why I just think I don't <sighs> – I just don't know how you think that Mahomes is just going to lose this game like this. You know, not after what happened against the Lions on Thursday. And this is nothing against the Jags. The Jags are a good team. I, I have them in my my now prediction. I think we're going to play them in the AFC Championship. That's that's my prediction. Um, But still, it's just – I don't know. I, I don't see how – and it, I heard this on a radio today. And it was, uh, I listened to like other teams, like other teams, like areas radio, because it, you know, it's cool listening to your own, your own city, your own teams, sports talk or radio or stuff like that, or podcasts. And, you know, it's cool to listen to all those, but it gets repetitive. 
So you want to listen to the actual opposing team's perspective of how they look at you and how they view you and how they think things through. And um, I can't remember guy's name, but he said, like, look, I I really wish they won their first game. And it's not because, like, you know, of, uh, oh, they're both 1-0, and oh, who's going who's gonna to take it type of ordeal. No, it's not like that because, you know, usually you see that in, like, more – like five and O's or 10 and O's were facing each other. No, it was more so of the fact of who Pat is and Andy Reid are after losses that they're going to be extra motivated and they're going to come down there and they're not going to play. They're not going to play games. It's, it's just what it is. They're going to go down there and they're going to handle their business. Basically he was just saying like, I would have rather them wish um, w- wish them uh, winning just because it would have been just more viable just for them to maybe take a loss on on the road. But for one, Pat don't lose on the road like that. It, it's rare when he loses on the road. But it, it's one of those things where, hey, I think it's going to be a good game, but I th- I I just really think Pat's mindset is going to be now he the guy's got to catch it. The guy's got to catch the ball. You know he he can't throw it to himself, so he's going to go scorch earth. Now let's uh before before we uh, get out of here, um, I actually think what was I getting at? There, um, uh, sorry, email popped up on me. I actually think the Jaguars are going to surprise a lot of people this year just because of Doug Peterson, who he is as a coach, Trevor Lawrence ascending as a quarterback, and just what they've built around him the last few years, and then their defense becoming more competent. And we'll see. But I, I think that they're 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 the next team that's gonna be annoying on Mahomes's Mahomes's, you know, site. They're gonna be one of those teams that's they're gonna be that annoying team, that next annoying team that we gotta deal with. I believe so. All right, when we get back, we're actually getting to the nitty-gritty of the offense and defense and special teams. What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? If you guys like this podcast and like what you're listening to, I want you guys to go ahead and give it a five-star rating and a good review. You can find this podcast on all your major audio platforms, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, You guys can go ahead and follow the podcast only on Instagram, and that's at Kingdom Connect. And then you guys can follow me personally on Instagram and Twitter at Big EKC. That's Big EKC. And like I said, go ahead and give this podcast a five-star rating and a really great review. I appreciate you all. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, we are back. All right, let's run through the offense real quick. And while we're at it, we'll kind of look over at the Jacksonville Jaguars' defense. Um, everybody's intact, like I said, it's except for, uh, well, Kelsey. Kelsey will play, but he's going to be limited. Um. Now Jacksonville, they run their three-four base scheme. Um, Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen, their two edge rushers. 
you know, uh, Arden Key was the guy who hurt Pat last year, though. Um, Josh Allen, he's he's a good pass rusher. I mean, he he hasn't he hasn't really hit the the um, like the ceiling what everybody thought he was going to be at, but he's been like you know, he's been like a, I would say like a like an Espinessa for the Buffalo Bills. Like he's going to get you like six, seven sacks a year. Like he's been consistent at that, but he hasn't lived up to what they thought he was going to be like in the league. Like he was going to be like what they, Micah Parsons. They thought he was going to be like what Micah Parsons is now today. And not that Josh Allen isn't talented, but it that's just what it is. And you got the first round pick on the opposite side, um, Trayvon Walker, who in my opinion, should have never been a first-round pick. And the only reason why he was a first-round pick was because of his athletic ability traits and just how he wowed people at the fucking combine. He was that guy that wowed everybody and wowed um, Jacksonville enough to be like, yeah, we're going to take you over Aiden Hutchinson. Now, I'm I, I'm not saying they regret their decision. I think Trayvon Walker is going to be a great player in this league. But, you know... It, I I just I don't know. I think I think our tackles are good enough to handle them. Jawan Taylor's from Jacksonville came from there, which by the way, them cracking down on the whole you know formation and all this and that at the offensive line. No one gave a rat's ass when Jawan Taylor played for Jacksonville and he was doing this. No one gave a rat's ass when Lane Johnson was doing this. No one gives a fuck then. Why are people giving a fuck now? I'll give you one answer and one answer only. It's because it's the Chiefs. Because they don't want to see a team that is as good as us taking full advantage of every freaking thing that you can take advantage of in the damn game. So we're going to take away the advantages because we can't allow this team to, I don't want to say read between the lines or bend. It's not bending the rules, but they're literally taking the rule to the every inch of what they can do. And sometimes when you can execute that perfectly, with your players and their techniques and how they are able to translate it on the field, it's hard for other teams to accept that. And that's what it is. It's teams and it's the league finding it hard to accept Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs being like this. So you know what? Fine. You know what? Doug Peterson, go and cry. Have them crack down. It doesn't matter. It's, it's funny because you didn't give a fuck when he did it for you. You didn't give a rat's ass when he did it for you, so why do you give a fuck now? Makes no damn sense to me. And it's not me complaining because I like it's like oh you're getting you know you're cheating. Why do you want to cheat? It's not cheating because if it was cheating, he would have been penalized the whole fucking game. He got one penalty and it was a one false start, and he actually did false start. It was blatant. He even said it was blatant. Just ah, that shit's annoying, man. Shit's so fucking annoying. Um, looking at the quarterbacks, Pat, Pat Pat's just gonna be him. Like I said, he's gonna go scorch earth. He's gonna probably drop three three hundred plus, three fifty plus. 
three plus touchdowns. That's what that's what's gonna happen. So that secondary, you know, you got Andre Cisco back there, dirty player. He's been dirty kind of, you know, his whole career and stuff. Um, who else they got? Uh, the corner. Um, Yeah, they got Tyson Campbell. Um, they got Trey Herndon um, and uh, Darius Williams. You know, their 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 secondary is it's. Um, and they got Rayshon Jenkins at their other um, safety. I mean, their their secondary is young still in a way, but it's it's scrappy. Like I said, Cisco. I mean, he he's a little dirty in in my opinion, but he'll he'll bring it to you. He's he's not afraid to go after the ball. So their defense that you know is, it's physical. They're gonna try to play. They're gonna play hard. And you know you got you got Foisai Luakon, and you got uh, Devin Lloyd as your uh, two inside linebackers. Now Devin Lloyd actually lost his spot a year ago to Chad Muma, but now it looks like he's gotten his spot back. Um. But no, I, I just we gotta be excuse me, sorry. Oh sorry, did not mean to uh yawn, but no, jo, uh, we just we gotta be able to handle that pass rush, that front. That's really what I'm worried about more than anything with Jacksonville is just their front. And I think our tackles are good enough to handle them. So Pat, just don't hold on to the ball for a very long. If you have to, take off when you need to. All right, now look at um our running backs. Um, we're probably going to see. Pache- I hope we see Pacheco start because I'm just look. I, Ch. I've said this. Good guy. I'm sure, but I just I I'm over it. I'm over the Ch. A Ch show. I just I wish they would be over it themselves too. And um, uh, he was sick the other day, but he's back practicing. The one thing about CEH is that he's good in certain spots, and I, I will admit that. I've said that before. He's good in the pass game and um, certain moments of the uh, in the red zone on the goal line, even though we're still bad at that in short, short uh, yard situations. Um, but I want to see more Pacheco. I do. I think that he's fine. I think he's getting better uh, healing from that uh, injury, injuries and surgeries that he had. Um, in the off season, so he should be fine. Um, I I want to say the one thing that's an issue for this offense, and I don't know why they keep doing it because this is, it's 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 an issue because you don't have the front, you don't have the uh, offensive line to get out there, and maybe you do, you just don't have the back, and you re- actually you know you really just don't have the back because you you need a Jamal Charles type to get around the edge to to you know if you're trying to run outside zone. Just to get around the edge, you need a guy like Jamal or, you know, Cream Hunt. And, you know, Cream Hunt wasn't like super fast, but, well, I mean, he, he, I mean, he was pretty fast, but he was also big and it was hard to tackle him. So it was easy to run a lot of outside zone plays with him. Can't run outside zone with Clyde. He's too small. He's too small and he's not fast like that. Um, and I would even say the same thing for Pacheco. Pacheco's not an outside. Now he runs it better, but he's not an outside zone guy. These guys run in between, you know, guards in, in between the tackles like that. You, you have to make them, you know, you make your, uh, line, you have to make your offensive line two gap. You can't have them running zone zone blocking, um, with, 
guys like uh, Ceh and guys like Pacheco. I mean, Pacheco, he's he's good at inside zone. You know, he's not bad at inside zone, but outside zone, ah, just don't like seeing it. It's not good, especially when you're doing it from the gun. Stop doing it from the gun. Um. But no, I, I think the running backs, they should have a better game um, this go around. Jacksonville really didn't, you know, they really weren't all that great stopping the run against us. Uh, Pacheco kind of had a pretty good game. <clears throat> if uh, CH isn't good to go, I hope they elevate P. Ryan. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right. Um, as far as the wide receivers go, just catch the ball. Get open, catch the ball. You know, Kadarius Tony's. It's gonna go right to him first. You already know that. That's Andy Reid. Kadarius Tony, first play. He's gonna make a play, and then everybody's gonna forget about everything. So that's where we're at with uh, Kadarius Tony. And then uh, Sky Moore. Uh, you know, I think he's gonna be fine. You know, last showing wasn't great, but it wasn't a great showing for any of the receivers, basically. Because guys weren't really getting open, but like I said, with having Travis out there, I that's just even if he's not highly productive, just having his presence should have help everybody. And I want to see more Rice and Ross. You know, I don't need to. I don't need just this one snap from Ross or a couple snaps from him, and just never, never acknowledging him. And there was one play I was at the game, and it was a one on one, and if Pat would just given Ross a chance. Ross would have had him. Now we scored a touchdown. Didn't really matter, but I'm just saying it would have been nice to see Ross score a touchdown too. And I hope that Rice can get featured a little bit more. Um, he's going to be fine, especially you know you saw it t- catching that touchdown on the back. He made sure to catch it, um, and he's the one guy that I think, as of right now, can be that that game changer um, outside of Kelsey. I, you know, I, I still think, you know, Sky Moore is going to be clutch. He's going to be a clutch player, but uh, Kadarius, Tony, you know, I, I still got to see more, you know, not that, you know, I don't think, you know, I've been, you know, I've been a Tony guy this whole entire time, but you know, I just got to make sure that, you know, everything looks great. And, that you know he's keeping his mind right for me to like sit there and say okay yeah he's gonna go out there and give like give us 1200 yards and shit like that rice to me i feel like can be the uh the actual next game changer just because of you know obviously drafting him in the second round and i know we did that with sky Moore. But I feel like Sky Moore was for different purposes, whereas Rasheed Rice is actually for that guy, and he's older than Sky, so he played more. He played more college ball. All right, so again, guys, just catch the ball. MVS, Justin Watson, Richie James, don't run incorrect routes where you're jacking guys up, because that was the problem. You jacked uh, Kadarius Tony up on that me- that mesh concept. Now, the offensive line, again, I already talked about how they're bitching about the tackles. Um, Diamond Smith, you know, he's played in Florida Heat, so he's he's fine. The guys know what they're doing. Um, not worried about the interior. I think the interior will do their thing. Hopefully, Trey has a better game um, than he did last. 
but uh, offensive line should be fine. They they gave Pat plenty of time in the pocket. Uh, tight ends, like I said, you're having trap back. You're having Travis back, and everybody else will just be in there to compliment. Um, now the defense, uh, you're going against uh, Trevor Lawrence, and like I said, I think you know Trevor Lawrence. He can either kill our defense, or our defense can really put it on him. We kept him in line the last few games. I mean, we picked him off quite a few times. We got sacks on him. Um, their offensive line is a little banged up. I mean, they just got Sheriff back, I think. Uh, but he, who knows how hundred percent how what his percent is, um, you know, and he's gonna be going up against Chris too. But um, no, and then they got Anton Harrison as their tackles, and I want to say Cam Robinson as the other tackle. So they're going to be going up against our defensive line. Um, and our defensive line is getting Chris back, so that should obviously help the interior pressure um, and the other pass rushers all around him. Now, when they get in the NASCAR, oh, I I was thinking about this last night. Now, we obviously need a few more games before we see him, but when we get Omenihu back, having Karloftis and FAU on the edge and then um, Omenihue and Chris in the middle, and NASCAR, oh, dude, that's going to be a scary scene. It's going to be a scary scene. Ah, I can't wait. Um, but as far as the defensive line, just apply pressure. Get after the quarterback, man. Make Trevor Lawrence make mistakes. Do what you did a year ago. You know, Spag's going to send it. He's going to be putting linebackers up in the A gap, up in the C gap. He's going to send them from the outside. He's going to send them, you know, outside the tight end. He's going to he's going to make his his uh, outside linebackers line up at a seven tech. You know, he might make them line up at a six. He might make his DNs line up at a six. He's going to do a lot of different things with um, his defensive fronts. You know, he might have like a, a split where he has like a like a double like a double two, a double two tech or something like that, I would say. Um, where you basically have like no one in the middle whatsoever. You know, he's done that before. Um, you know, he'll actually have like Nick in the middle or someone and like dive and they'll drop back in the coverage. You already know he's going to drop D lineman back in the coverage. That's kind of his thing. You got to replace the coverage when you're sending a DB. Um, linebackers, I just need better middle field coverage. That's just kind of where I'm at with them. Um, get off blocks quicker. Uh, I want to see more snaps from Drew Tranquil, especially in the dime. Um, secondary, uh, I want a faster start from the safeties. None of this slow start and just starting to pick it up the, towards the end of the game. Uh, don't get beat from the tight ends. Um, I mean, you got Evan Egram out there. Uh, he's obviously he's a good tight end. Um, you know, you can't get beat. They have another guy out there. He's a he's more blocking. He's like a more blocking wide tight end, but. You know, he's, you know, still decent. Um, I want to see a better showing uh, from Snead, even though I think he still needs to get healthier. Um, McDuffie needs to keep being a strength for this secondary. And uh, I want a better showing from Williams. And I don't I don't know if they're going to play Watson. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, but it's for the most part, I'm just glad that Chris is back on this defense. I mean, he's just going to have that energy for everybody. Um, not that our defense played bad last week. They did it. You know, it, they they did fine. It was just, 
we did you know we i wanted more sacks i wanted more interior pressure and i just know having chris out there just would have been more of a game changer than anything <clears throat> but i you know i believe our defense can handle the jaguars offense you know pretty well they're you know they run that similar west coast offense where you know they got three wide one tight one tight end and stuff like that or they'll go all four wide you know they'll spread the they like to spread the ball out too they like to run 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 do run plays from the gun and stuff they'll do a lot of play action um which they kind of needed to do a lot against the colts but sometimes it didn't it didn't work out because their their offensive line wasn't getting enough time uh to block because colts front's pretty good so all right i mean our defense they just better bring it you know you know spag's gonna send the heat that's just what it is so Again, linebackers, better coverage in the middle, get off blocks quicker, um, and then more more pressure. So we want to just pressure everywhere from the defensive line and secondary. Just want a fast start from them. I think they'll be fine. Um, you know, taking a little quicker look at the offense real quick of the um, the Jags. You know, they got Zay Jones, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk. You know, Calvin Ridley's that Calvin Ridley's gonna be that guy that you know changes a lot. He, you know, he he was the guy that they, you know, they signed what a little over a year ago, and they had to wait, you know, for him to serve a suspension. Excuse me, because he got suspended after the twenty one season, and then they they signed him or something like that, I think, or they traded for him, I believe, and. Yeah, no, that was a good pick pickup because he had a really good game last last week. So um, it's gonna be a challenge, you know. I I think I think you know having all those weapons, you know, like I said, that's why I want a fast start from our secondary. You know, you guys have you guys have a tall task, you know. And Zay Jones is no slouch. Christian Kirk is no slouch. You know, I I I talked a little shit on uh, Christian Kirk, you know, last year, but you know he's. He was he was a thousand yard receiver, so he's earning his money. I, it ruined a lot of things, but he's earning his money. Uh, I do. I, I like Luke Fortner center. Um, oh, they have Anton on the right side. They have Walker Little on the left. What happened to? Oh yeah, that's right. That's because uh, Cam Robinson suspended. That's why they have uh, Walker Little at their um, left tackle. Walker Little, you know, he battled a lot of injuries in college, but, you know, he was one of those guys they kind of stashed on the offensive line, and he seems to be healthy now playing their left tackle spot. But, um, you know, he got dominated last year by Chris Jones. But, again, Chris Jones dominated their whole defensive line, their whole front anyways. That's just kind of what Chris does. Um, all right, on the special teams, you know, just keep making kicks, punt very well, field it pretty well. You know, you're, no matter what you do, you're at the 25. So if you don't, if you fair catch it uh, or let it go out of bounds, doesn't matter. If you just, but if you decide to return it, then you better hope you get more than 25. So, you know, that was, and that's Tobe. Tobe's going to tell them to return every single time. That's just what it is. And watch for the fucking fake. God, don't want to see any of that. Team, teams, that's the way that teams gonna have to, they're gonna try to beat you. They're gonna try to beat you that way. 
Um, I don't think Andy's ever lost to Doug Peterson. And, you know, I'm knocking on something right now, but that's just what it's been like. And I I don't think that that's going to change. I think Dougie P is going down. Um, Andy just – it's something about owning his disciples. He just, he just knows. Um, we actually got some questions that came in. I almost forgot to get through those real quick. We'll run through these real quick questions. Um, will we finally see a, a Patrick sneak? Look, I, guys, I've said this over and over again. I think it should be because I think that was just a free accident. I don't think that that would ever happen again. Um, but they're not going to do it. They they refuse to do it. They're going to do it with somebody else. I just think if you're going to do it, do the tush push. Take advantage of what you can do, and be try to be more be more successful. Everybody knows when Blake Bell's motioning right there. They know he's doing it. That's why you have to have someone behind him pushing his ass moving forward, or bring in freaking um, Blaine Gabbert to run it. Who knows? Just be better at it. I don't ever think – I really don't think they're going to ever run it with Pat, though. That's just kind of where I'm at when it comes to um, that situation. Um, next question uh, that was sent to me, why were why were we second in standings but tied with the Broncos and Chargers in uh, records? Okay, so the reason why – so the the Raiders were the only team that won their game in the AFC West. They're 1-0, so they're 1. Um, the reason why we're number two, even though we're 0-1 with the rest of the teams, is because we lost to an NFC team. So the NFC loss doesn't count towards our 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 AFC standing record of where we're at in the seating for playoffs. Now, you don't want to lose to any of the NFC teams, but, you know, because it was an NFC team, it doesn't count towards the AFC standing uh record so that makes us second because the chargers were 0-1 they lost to an afc team which was the dolphins and then the broncos played the raiders so inevitably that's why they're last and probably going to stay there for the rest of the year don't see the raiders staying number one for a long time either (laughs) um Next question. Should they just sit Chris for this game and or let him get acclimated more? Well, they're not going to sit Chris. They pretty much already guaranteed that he's going to play. Um, it's just going to be a snap percentage. I kind of said that throughout the episode. That's what they're going to do with him. They'll put him in in certain circumstances. Uh, next question. Should we find a replacement now for Kelsey? Uh, you know, I, I think we need to start thinking about it because in my opinion, as much as I like Noah Gray, he's not that guy. Um, I've said this. I think, I think Kyle Pitts needs to be saved out of Atlanta. His career is not going to go where everybody thinks it should have gone. You got to think about it. A different regime drafted him or maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe. Was Arthur Smith with the Falcons in 2021? If he was with the Falcons in 2021, then I stand corrected, and he actually was drafted by Kyle Pitts. But the fact of the matter is he's the, he was a 1,000-yard receiver his rookie year. 
And then, you know, he barely got used last year, gets hurt. And then this year he did now is one game. And I'm really more bitching because of fantasy too. But um, I don't know. I, I've always thought Kyle Pitts would be perfect in this offense. You know, he's immediate Kelsey replacement because he's a wide receiver playing tight end is what you essentially want. Not, you know, again, and I'm not saying anybody's Kelsey, but Kyle Pitts is good and good when he's getting targeted and he's getting treated like he should be. That's why he needs to be saved out of Atlanta, in my opinion. But no, I, I do think they need to find, they need to start thinking about it. They really do, especially, you know, what we've dealt with, what we've dealt with the last few weeks. <clears throat> Next question. Why does Spags drop his D lineman into coverage? Okay. So those are zone blitzes. Um, you have to, you, so when you're, when you decide to take away coverage from your secondary, which is your general cover guys, when you're taking away their coverage and you're, you're trying, you're making them into a rusher to rush after the quarterback. You, you, if you're just doing a general zone blitz, you want to have to be able to replace, replace coverage and send those guys back, uh, replace, you know, whoever, you know, uh, went now they're not dropping all the way back to like the deep halves or, you know, quarters or anything like that. They're usually just going to like hook or maybe drop into the flat. But, I mean, there was one time where I saw Frank Clark running down the sticks with Christian Kirk. But, um, you know, he's running up the hash with him. But still, like, you know, that's that's one of those things of why it's it's done, because you have to replace the coverage. Now, you know, if you're, like, engaging eight, you're sending the house. That's one thing, you know. And, and Spags will do that. He'll send the house if, you know, if he wants to. He'll rush seven. He'll rush eight guys. But if he's doing a zone blitz, that's usually like you're you're sending a linebacker and maybe a, your nickel and possibly another corner, but maybe just those two guys and you just replace a – you drop your nose tackle because your nose tackle is your guy who's not really much of your rusher at the end of the day. All right, uh, last question. Uh, should we start questioning away Veach is uh, questioning – that doesn't make any sense. Should we start questioning Veach? He meant to say, should we start questioning Veach's ability to draft receivers? Um, look, uh, no. And the only reason why I say that is because last year was his first, like, real, real sample of actually drafting a receiver. Because if you let's be honest, when he first took over, he brought in Sammy Watkins in free agency. We already had Tyree Kills, a Dorsey draft. You didn't need to you didn't need to put anybody else, you know, there for and you had Kelsey. So, you know, and you had, you know, it was just guys that you just kind of could rotate in. You didn't need to draft anybody. You know, so they move on from Tyree Kill. They draft Sky Moore. Sky Moore is still kind of, you know, he was showing flash towards that. But he's still kind of to be determined a little bit. He is. We all we all kind of know that he is. And then this year it was Rasheed Rice. So we still need to see. I'm not going to sit there and say that his ability to draft receivers is flawed 
You know, he just had a good situation when he first got in that he didn't need to draft any receivers like that. So now we're we're here and we're going to see. I think the Chiefs are going to win 30 to 24. It's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a scrappy game, but I think the Chiefs are going to win it. And I think Andy's going to show another lesson to his disciple once again. And Pat, Chris, and Trav, the three, the band of brothers, are going to go off and show them why we're the reigning, defending Super Bowl champions. And that is why the connect is always real. See you guys Sunday. Be Jacksonville.